0: Season two of the Ax Basha video podcast. This season, was are shaking shit up.
1: We're all about that effortless glam and all things wellness. Let's shake it up, ladies. And let's not forget the hot
2: topics. We all need a little tea from time to time.
0: Hey guys, it's your girl Basha. Welcome. i am hanging out with my co-host. Yes, we have... <laughs> <laughs> my co-host my girl from alana georgia alana avis is in the building we are also well unfortunately my other co-host um latino queen ariel parades would not be joining us this week she has a previous engagement because you know she's a very important person up here in hollywood so um she'll be joining us next week hey queen welcome alana how are you hi
1: doing? hi hi how are you
0: I am amazing. You know me, my life is a movie and I'm the star.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You need to cast me as a main character in that movie.
0: <laughs> anytime, anytime. You know, that's what my life is all about. Uplifting a sister, uplifting woman, inspiring woman. And all of us can be the star. That's the point. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah. Well, listen, I, um, I am so excited Um, because I don't know if any of you recently saw this um, a series on, on MSNBC in December. Um, and I'm very proud to say that that series featured two of our women um, commentators from the ARC Sparship Podcast. And if it's this, this series um, is our girl, Dr. Stephanie Thompson, and our other queen, um, Whitney Marshall it was the infertility series so today we're talking infertility i just i'm so proud of our queens it was an amazing series did you see it
1: i did not watch it as yet i saw the clips but i'm really interested about this topic the other day Mm -hmm. i saw some series on hbo and it really took me aback. You know, it's a very private and personal story. A Mm -hmm. lot of people don't like to talk about it. So, you know, it's very good. I think this conversation could be very helpful for people to know that they're not alone. It's not just them. So
0: today, viewers, listeners, we're dealing with infertility in women. And we are joined, we're going to be joined by two queens. um, Dr. Stephanie Thompson is in the building, as well as one of her former patients, Mrs. Elizabeth Agotabi. So um, without further ado, I wanna just celebrate the fact that MSNBC took the time to help us destigmatize infertility. I feel like this is um, particularly for communities of color. It's just been a taboo topic for so long and it's a really painful reality for many women. So today we're gonna try and, you know, handle it right, yeah?
1: Very good. Over to so, you, Lana. So let's mm-hmm. take a look at the special that aired in December on MSNBC. There are so many stories we don't tell. This is a big one. The stress of infertility
3: can destroy a woman. There is pain and there is grief like you would never
0: understand. It never crossed my mind that when I was ready to start our family, we would have challenges.
3: Obviously this is happening to a lot of women. I'm Chanel Jones from NBC News. Join me for Stories We tell: the Fertility Secret Sunday, December 19th at 10 on MSNBC.
0: Today we are joined by my sister, my friend. my poem is raising Our queen. Dr. Stephanie Thompson is in the building. Just to give you a quick <laughs> wrap about this queen. Dr. Stephanie Thompson is a reproductive endocrinologist, and infertility specialist at the Institute of Reproductive Medicine and Science at St. Barnabas, Livingston, New Jersey. She joins us today from her home in New Jersey, Dr. Stephanie Thompson, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be back. Oh, we're so excited to have you. And we're so
2: proud of you and Whitney
0: Marshall. Yes. This Thank was you.
2: A- yes. I mean, this was definitely a passion project of mine. You know, something that I wanted to do for for many, many years. So tell us. Tell us why you wanted, Why was it important to you to to do this series? Oh, I I think that this is probably one of the most difficult topics for women to discuss. Um, And if you see the documentary, I really encourage you all to watch it whenever you have a moment. We I watched it. Yeah, (laughs) how uh, infertility is you know in terms of a medical diagnosis, definitely one of the top three stresses in our lives, and we just you know don't talk about it enough. And I think one of the reasons that's so important is because there's help out there. Um, and I just hate to see women suffer needlessly in many ways that mm-hmm. if we could get it, you know, together to share um, and remove the stigma. You know, as you mentioned before, and bring this to the forefront as a topic that we talk about, like diabetes and hypertension, and you know, every other medical condition, because it is a medical diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Then perhaps we wouldn't suffer so much, and perhaps our outcomes would be better. So because of that, you know, I've always wanted to bring that to light. And kudos to MSNBC for giving us a platform. Correct. Um, Yeah, so shout out Rashida Jones, who's the president of MSNBC, who gave us her full support. Um, Of course, Chanel Jones, who's on the Today Show. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, a dear friend of mine and supporter of uh, women in in always. I mean, talk about a queen. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, her, she brought all of her friends together, mm-hmm. um, and she had been listening to their stories for the past ten years individually, mm-hmm. and none of them knew that the others were going through this. You know, oh. in this group of friends, um, and you know, she and I have been talking about this for ever um, from we met and just, you know, how, what's the best way to tell the story and to, to just get that out there. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, one of the best things about this, I think it was one of the first times that MSNBC has really had a cast of prim- on prime time of minority women. Correct. But it was applicable to all women. All women. Um, And I think it was beautiful to be able to see all these minority women sharing their story. But yet the reach was so broad um, that that all women could appreciate you know, the story. So if you haven't had a chance to see it, we highlight women's experiences with fibroids, endometriosis, recurrent pregnancy loss, Mm -hmm. um, as well as some things you may not know as much about, like using a gestational carrier or a surrogate for pregnancy for women who are not able to carry the baby on their own. Um, And then we have Whitney Marshall there talking about the hot topic of egg freezing. Yes. um, Which is where we're able to preserve eggs for women who are not yet ready to have a family. Mm-hmm. Um, the point of that is just because as we get older, um, our eggs do age. And that's why we generally have so much difficulty getting pregnant as we're older, because women mm-hmm. are born with all of our eggs. So over Aww. time, we start to see that aging process. So egg freezing is one of the tools that we have to preserve your fertility. Um, so it's something that you know, if you're not quite ready to have a baby, um, might be good to reach out to your doctor, your OBGYN, or find a reproductive endocrinologist just to talk about as well.
0: Um, and I, I want to follow up on that by asking you um, Do you recommend this as an infertility specialist, primarily because you, you see where women have um, difficulty conceiving because they've decided to, to delay pregnancy? Yes. So, as a form of preventative, this is one of the solutions.
2: Yeah, it's really the only tool that we have, you know, it's not a guarantee. Um, mm-hmm. And the outcomes are better, the younger you are when you choose to freeze your eggs. Um, but yes, you know, age-related infertility is probably one of the main causes of infertility, um, you know, especially in certain certain areas of the country. And as we, I always like to say that our uh, biology has not caught up to our society, right? So especially as women, has, have, women have more opportunities in the Workplace and we delay childbearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something that we kind of forget to think about in many ways. We're always taught how not to get pregnant. You know, <laughs> know down teaches <laughs> us how to get pregnant. I, I was um, so good at that. <laughs> right? right? <laughs> we're all uh, <laughs> we were all taught how not to in right. various ways and commentary from our parents and mm-hmm. you know healthcare mm-hmm. providers. But um, mm-hmm. you know, so. We never think unless you've been told or you have some a friend or family members experience infertility that it is going to be more difficult. Um, And so that's why age is one of the, age is actually the most important predictor of pregnancy, whether on your own or through Mm -hmm. fertility treatment. Obviously, there are other conditions that have a huge impact, again, especially like fibroids in the minority community and Mm -hmm. endometriosis, problems with their fallopian tubes. And let us not forget male factor, which Mm -hmm. hopefully we get a part two of the the series (laughs) and we can talk a little bit more about that. So, yeah, you, so you enough. treat, you treat the man in your
0: practice as well. I mean, it wasn't highlighted. Um, oh. just, just, yeah. Um, I know Alana wanted to say something, so. Mm-hmm. I just that you do No, that
1: i i was the men thing i didn't even put two and two together or realize that you treat men as well
2: yeah yeah well yeah. male factor infertility is about 30 to 40 percent of infertility so we usually diagnose it and then we have them see a urologist for further treatment mm-hmm. uh, but it's very very important to the whole picture because mm-hmm. deciding what treatment is appropriate depends yeah. on both the man and the woman um, uh, and so i think a lot of men have difficulty accepting that fact as well, that they play a role.
0: Yeah. I'm so proud of you and all the women who are brave enough to, to share these stories of infertility for the rest of the world. And I know before we, we uh, we need to go into our next segment because we're also joined by one of your former patients, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> Alana, over to you. Oh. Oh hi Liz. <laughs> I wanted to introduce you guys to welcome to the Aspia. It's been a long day, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a, day, it's yeah? been a long day. It's been a long day. We got you. We got welcome you. Welcome to the Ask Baja podcast. Thank you for coming on, Liz and Bortabby a patient of dr stephanie thompson so we have you on here today and so you can share our story with your stories with us
0: yeah what what role did dr thompson play oh, well, liz yeah in in your journey your infertility but, journey thank you first off for having me
3: um and hello ladies yes. um, so you know There's a national survey in the U.S. that showed that women of color are more likely to report infertility. However, they are less likely than uh, non-women of color um, to seek care for infertility and to receive care for infertility. And there are a number of reasons why uh, that is the the situation, Um, and that ranges from systemic barriers to accessing care Mm -hmm. that women of color traditionally face Mm -hmm. um, in accessing any sort of medical um, care, whether it's for diabetes or for heart disease or whatever it is, um, to also, being able to identify by um, providers that can empathize with this really unique context of dealing with something mm-hmm. as personal as infertility mm-hmm. as a woman of color, yeah. in our current climate. Um, and so, you know, for me, um I had a ten year history of my husband and I because infertility is seldom uh, a crisis that um, only involves women. Right. And so my husband and I grappled with infertility for 10 years. Oh. Um, and um, I'm happy to say that um, because I had a really good team of providers, um, Dr. Thompson is uh, one of my, uh, my providers. Um, that the best. We now the have
0: absolute best. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and,
3: um, <laughs> we now have two beautiful, healthy children.
0: Yay! Um, That's amazing.
3: But, Congratulations. <laughs> we're, we're incredibly excited. Um yeah. our youngest is uh 6 weeks old actually. Mhm. Um, And so um, we have a little baby in the house right now. Thank you for joining
0: us under such pressure. (laughs) Yes, that's
3: pressure. Uh, Certainly. certainly. Um, But, you know, it's really important to note that as a woman of color, and I'm a professional woman who was grappling a career, a very demanding career, Mm -hmm. and also dealing with this very personal challenge that I was facing in my life. Um, But to be able to have a provider that could empathize with that unique, experience culturally, um, uh, racially, um, psychosocially, um, was really important and was a very critical component um, for the success um, of my journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think f- what's really important here as women of color,
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, it's important that you identify providers that can provide that can empathize, empathize. With your yes. experience yes. as a woman of color grappling yeah. with this issue.
0: Yeah. I, I, um, I am so proud of you for agreeing to come on and, and speak like this. Um, what we find in our community as women of color, and I don't like to marginalize the issue too much because Dr. Thompson touched on it saying that, Hey, you know, it's not just our women who go through this. Um, yeah. and what I, what I wanted to ask Dr. Thompson while we, um, on the same topic, have you, have you found that women in other, of other ethnic
2: backgrounds are more open to discussing their infertility journey. I think so. You know, definitely, but okay. they still have issues with discussing it as well, too. They still do. But, okay. Yeah, but-, but I definitely think that, especially in the past few years, the topic overall is becoming destigmatized. Nice. But yes. definitely less so in the minority community. You know, especially among Black women. Yeah. Um, we- still hold it in. And that's part of that is, is the cultural concept that we are supposed mm-hmm. to be so strong and we're not supposed to share. And, you know, we have so much that we're carrying on our backs that, mm-hmm. um, you know, one added thing, you just suck it up and move on. And I think yet yeah, we kind of carry that, yeah. um, that with us. Yeah. Um, part of our journey as black women. So um, I, but in general, you know, yes, I still think there is a stigma to fertility, but it, it is, it's coming off the barriers yeah. are coming down as access to care improves yes. because, you know, the cost uh, can be quite high sometimes. I was going to make that point yeah. as well. Yeah. And as our insurance providers are starting to cover it, um, you know, as we're re- really being recognized that also, again, insurance, insurance
0: providers are starting to cover it Absolutely. Now. Yes, I don't want to lose indeed. that point for our viewers. You know what I no, mean, Alana?
2: No. In the United yeah. States, there are 12 states that have mandated coverage. Actually, I think New York just joined, so that makes it 13. Um, yeah. That's still only 13 out of 50 states where some wow. sort of fertility coverage is mandated. So the cost can be quite high. And that does um, play an issue in the racial disparity of access to care as well. Um, Liz?
3: And, and let's not forget the legal barriers also. Mm-hmm. There are legal mm-hmm. barriers to... Um, seeking uh, these um, services. In the case of surrogacy, for example, in many states in the United States currently, it is illegal to contractually engage Mm -hmm. uh, someone to carry a child for you.
0: Wow, that's terrible. (laughs) Yeah, when you think you have options, you know, there's so many barriers. But, you know, there's always, as women, we face a lot of barriers, but we don't let it stop us, you know, we are we are able to always find a way. And on that note, I know we have less than two minutes. I wanted to ask you, Liz, what is your message for a woman listening or watching this broadcast right now who is privately going through her journey? If you can tell me in one minute, what, what would be your message to such a woman going through such a journey as you did? Because you've came, you've come out tri- triumphant. There are many ways to start a family. And there isn't a...
3: <sighs> single way that trumps the other the Mm -hmm. most important uh the most critical ingredient to starting a family i think is love
0: right and so
3: i just want to give women permission Mm -hmm. to seek the many and and technology Mm -hmm. is now on our side the science is advancing yeah um but to seek the many uh methods and modes that exist to be able to grow a family if you so desire, yeah. or to be able to delay starting a family if you so desire. Um, um, but yeah. I think it's really important to ensure that you're making informed decisions yeah. about your fertility um, and that you are truly grabbing the bull by the horn yeah. you know, and, and that you are in a position of power and that you are making those decisions.
0: Wonderful advice. Thank you. Thank you both for joining us. Good thank team. you so much. We just want to remind everybody. I know that Alana has a Yep. Yeah.
1: Thank you. We, As Basha said, we thank you guys for joining and you can follow uh, Dr. Stephanie Thompson at uh, her Instagram handle is dr__smthompson. And Liz, again, thank you for joining us. And she, you can find her on Instagram, at every.elan. Every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. Elan. Thank a you. Typo, but it's everybody, it. it's
0: everyday. Dot yes. Elan. Everyday. Elan. <laughs> so we just want to remind you guys that Dr. Stephanie Thompson and Elizabeth Bios can be found on our website, bashapowell.com. See you, ladies, soon. Bye, staff. Bye. You there, best. Thank you, ladies.
1: <laughs> Bye, chess. Woo, <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> yes. A lot of my my girlfriends, just on that topic, mm-hmm. like infertility as a whole is, is not a topic that we talk a lot about, but everybody, a lot of people are into freezing their eggs. A lot of my girlfriends are like, I'm gonna freeze my eggs. So they're
0: I wish somebody told me about that. I would have freezed like a dozen eggs right. back in the day. Because <laughs> I was one of those women who wanted like a lot of kids, but I didn't want to carry it to to bash up this butt out there, you know. Speaking of body and all things beauty, Alana yes. Avis, you know, I think people are realizing after a few episodes that you are the resident fashion expert in this building. So I don't know. <laughs> I got a lot of questions for you. Welcome to our fashion segment, ladies. So my question to you, Queen: I am. You know, there are a lot of things trending. Yes. And there are a lot of things not trending. Okay. Yes. Yes. Does fashion have an age and does it simply, and and does it have a size? Mm -hmm. Um, In other words, is it okay for a woman 50 50 years old or over to rock a mini skirt? You know, we grew up with these traditional values and we feel that,
1: you know, I'm too old for this and I'm too old for that. (laughs) Over to you. I don't think fashion has an age. Yeah. Right? Uh, No, let me take that back. I think fashion has an age, style does not. So for Mm -hmm. me, people talk a lot about fashions and trends or whatever, which I do appreciate. Mm -hmm. But I'm really all about trying to remain stylish and modern because style is timeless and Mm -hmm. it's personal to you. So Mm -hmm. rocking the mini skirt is fine, but you have to know what's appropriate, right? So... And this is like a big topic, right? And it's not if you're size zero or size 20, but how old are you? Where are mm-hmm. you going? Does it look good on you? That should be the number one question that you're asking yourself when you're putting something on. Does yeah. this look good on me? <laughs> so I really go So it from comes,
0: there. it comes down to whether it looks good on you and not
1: how old you are. Correct. Correct. Okay. And you know, I'm all about the effortless glam, you know. Yeah. So I try to keep things balanced. So, yeah. you know, we're we're not on stage performing at a rock no. concert. So you wear a mini skirt to show your legs. That's great. But wear an oversized blazer or a nice silk blouse. Nice. Yeah. You know, and but we don't need to wear a mini skirt at age 50 with a bra up? Unless you're in Trinidad Carnival, maybe uh, you will give you a bly. Yeah, <laughs> well,
0: yeah. Well, you know it for that Carnival, anything goes, you see. Um, no, no, no. No, well, I appreciate that. Well, you know, a girl, Ariel, I should say, our Latina queen, primarily, yes. LA is she's not here with us today. So no. I'm going to try and handle the hot topics, people. It's time for hot topics. I know. I can. Listen. Lizard, I am. I don't know if it's just me alone, but I'm so intrigued by Kim and Pete's. Oh, should I say, word on the street, his real name is Pistol Pete's. <laughs> I,
1: I just think that's a lot. I am, I am, admitted, I admittedly am not a Kardashian family fan. However, I, I, guess, am. I'm, I, many people are, I think I'm in the minority. Yeah. Nonetheless, I'm yeah. happy for Kim. She looks yes. happy. She's having a good time. She's stress free. She uh-huh. can wear what she wants. It doesn't have to be Balenciaga. So uh-huh. I think she's good to go. So, but
0: let me ask you something. Do you think that their relationship is gonna last, Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson?
1: I I think <laughs> you know there's a time and a season. I think she's in a season. She's yeah. not, in my opinion, she's not chill like Courtney that can okay. deal in a relationship like this. That is wild fun all the time i think this is for a season and it's yeah. fine it's this is like season. this is like
0: um trauma treatment post kanye yes i
1: yeah. don't want to knock kanye but no
0: you know, no no no. love me my kanye but kanye. i like all kanye more than yes oh whoever, whoever this is correct correct <laughs>
1: yeah so kanye is where it's
0: at i mean but if we're being honest yes i mean it, it appears that 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 was a very intense situation for Kim. No wonder she's gone to the opposite end of regular right. looking guy from Staten Island, right. full of humor, you know, he would make a, you know, note to all men, note to all men. Okay. A woman loves a man who makes her laugh. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: Peaceful, stress-free. Yes. Right? Yeah. I don't know, but Pete is packing something personality they or the pistol. They call that bad pistol Pete. Because he picks up Ariana Grande. Yeah. You name them. He's that a- other, yeah.
0: Who's that? Who's the other one he had? But it all top, top, yeah, girls. top,
1: top, top tier. Would what, what you did, Pete? <laughs> At this point, I'd to go check out that pistol if I was a woman on the streets looking for a guy. I don't know about the pistol, but I would Dave Pete. That's fun. That's like a whirlwind affair.
0: Oh, my God. I'm just saying, when a woman gets to be a particular age, she simply wants a reliable dick and laugh.
1: Don't quote me on that, y'all. You can quote me.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. No, that's what a woman wants, a reliable, you know. And somebody to laugh with her because guys, life is just so serious. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, no, um, back to our topic today. Uh, on a serious note, I'm so so happy we were able because it's the first time we're touching on infertility on our podcasts or in our podcast, rather. And um, it was very eye-opening for me when I saw this special. Um on MSNBC in December, I was, you know, kudos to MSNBC for highlighting this, and and they use women of color to do it, so which is so rare for right. women at work. the network.
1: Entire panel, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. but but I want to just remind everybody that it's go to Dr. Stephanie Thompson's um, Instagram, follow her. Her bio is on www.bashapowell.com Um, I know that she just opened a new practice in the New York area, in the tri-state area. Um, and of, of course she operates out of New Jersey as well. Um, and I just know that she is phenomenal in this field. We are so blessed to have her as a commentator on this platform. But if you're looking for a boss, infertility specialist, that's your girl, Dr. Stephanie Thompson. Yeah. yeah. Um, Alana, it was so nice having you. I miss our girl, Arielle, today, I but know, she'll be she... back. Mm-hmm. She'll be back. She'll be back next week. You know, she's they're making them laugh up in LA. <laughs> yes. um, so let me just wrap up by saying that I was recently reminded that a dream does not have a deadline. As long as your heart is beating, your dreams can come true. And remember to surround yourself with people who make you glow, you know, go get your glow on. You feel me? Don't forget to follow me on IG at Basha Powell and follow Alana Avis at? At Beauty Be Fly. Right, and subscribe to www.bashapowell.com so that you will get an alert every time a podcast is uploaded, a post is done. We love you guys. It's been a long day, but we tried our best to bring a good podcast (laughs) to you. We felt like we were falling apart, but in (sighs) the end, we made it, okay? So go get your glow on and get you your Pete, Mr. Pete. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, guys. See you all next week when our girl Ariel Parades will be back. It's your girl, Basha, and it's your girl, girl, Alana. (laughs) See you next time. Ciao, babies.